The Sunday School lesson that you're about to listen to can be found at newfoundfaith.org. Be sure to take a moment to go there and subscribe for email notifications so that you can never miss a lesson. Lessons are shared every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Eastern. This week's Sunday School lesson, lesson number seven in the summer quarter, Habakkuk praises God's faithfulness. This week's lesson is being taught from the second chapter of Habakkuk, starting at the first verse and going through the fifth verse, skipping to the third chapter, going from the 17th verse through the 19th verse. Be sure to pause the audio now so that you can read over the scripture for today's lesson. Thanks again for listening and be sure to share this week's lesson with someone somewhere. This week's lesson is going to be the third lesson within the second unit of lessons for this quarter, which again is titled Faithful to Prophecy. And so for the past couple of weeks, we have been taking a look at prophets who were prophesying, who were sharing the word of God in times uh, where something that I spoke about uh, in recent weeks, uh, they were in the midst of wickedness and, and these prophets were going out uh, serving the Lord. They were prophesying. They were sharing a word uh, from God to the people uh, that the people who were living in wickedness, uh, they wanted no part of. They didn't want to hear uh, from the Lord. In fact, in our Sunday school lesson last week, we took a look at Micah, who had a word uh, against the divisors of iniquity, those who uh, laid down at night thinking of wickedness and woke up in the morning uh, performing acts of wickedness. He had a word for them and uh, they didn't want to hear the word. They did not want to hear the word uh, from God. What they wanted to do is they they would much rather uh, hear from a false prophet who would uh, give them a word that would essentially implore them to continue doing the things that they were doing, those actions of wickedness. Uh, that would implore them and that would tell them that they weren't doing anything wrong, that what they were doing was right, it was good, and to continue to push forward uh, in doing that. And again, we know uh, that they were wicked and we know that they were doing wicked actions because, again, God pointed it out. God called out uh, the things that they had been doing. And so uh, here in our lesson this week, we again see just how bad uh, the wickedness was in the land of Judah in the southern kingdom at that time. And we'll see that uh, through the prophet Habakkuk here. Uh, Habakkuk, uh, our lesson again, it comes from the second chapter. But if you if you actually go over to the first chapter, you can see uh, the wickedness. And we're going to do this here in a moment. You can see the wickedness uh, of those in the southern kingdom. And the reason why I believe we need to go over to the first chapter of Habakkuk is because our lesson opening up in the second chapter and taking a look at specifically, if you take a look at the second and the fifth verse, you can see uh, the Lord's words to the prophets. But uh, if you just start there in the second chapter, you have words without context. You you wouldn't quite understand why God is saying the things that he's saying. There's a scripture there in in that passage of scripture that uh, we, we quote often, uh, but we need the context behind uh, what God is saying there in the second chapter. So in order for us to get that context, we have to go back to the first chapter to see what was going on. And in the first chapter of Habakkuk, uh, you'll see that Habakkuk, the prophet again, he had questions for the Lord uh, that he wanted answered because Habakkuk, 
uh, as again, I preached about in recent weeks, uh, like us today, he was living in the midst of wickedness. And again, we saw this wickedness uh, with Micah in our Sunday school lesson last week. Uh, Habakkuk, he had questions for God while he was living in the midst of wickedness. And if you take a look at uh, the, the, the first verse there, uh, you'll see that Habakkuk was asking God, how long? He said, how long shall I cry and you are not here? Again, I'm in the first chapter of Habakkuk right now before we even get into uh, the scripture for from our Sunday school lesson today. He said, how long shall I cry and you are not here? Even cry out to you violence and you are not saved. He was living in the midst of wickedness. And again, he saw the violence of what Micah had spoken of uh, in our Sunday school lesson on behalf of God uh, last week. Uh, we saw where Micah spoke of the covetousness that was in the land, how uh, the people would take the clothes off of the backs of others who trusted in them. Uh, they would do so in a violent manner. They would take the possessions of others like their homes. Uh, the the women, women, wives, they were kicked out of their homes. And uh, because of the wicked actions of, of, of many in that day, uh, children, they were learning actions of wickedness. And God said that their glory, uh, that his glory was lost on the children. So the people were wicked. And, and again, Habakkuk was witnessing this violence. He was wicked. Uh, he was uh, witnessing the wicked actions of the wicked. And he was wondering why were the wicked allowed to persist? Why were they allowed to continue to uh, perform these actions of wickedness with nothing seemingly being done about it? And, you know, that's a question that uh, many people would ask today and do ask today. Uh, we wonder why nothing is done from the Lord, it seems anyway. Why does God continue to allow mass murders to happen? Why uh, why does God do nothing about the hunger, the starvation that is in our world? Why does God allow uh, people to suffer? You know, we have those questions of God and those questions are are asked often of the Lord. And we see again, it is nothing new, nothing new under the sun as Habakkuk uh, himself is asking God that question as well. He's asking God, why are you allowing this wickedness to persist? And and here I am living in the midst of wickedness and, and I'm not being delivered from it. I'm not saved from it. I'm just living one who is righteous, one who is working on your behalf. I'm just living in the midst of it. He said there uh, in the third verse uh, in the first chapter of Habakkuk, he said, uh, why do you show me iniquity? Why do I have to see this? Essentially says, he says, you cause me to see trouble again. Why, why do I have to see this trouble is what Habakkuk is asking God. He said for plundering and violence are before me. Again, speaking to uh, the wickedness of those living in the southern kingdom, he's speaking to the wickedness of the Jews. He said that there is strife, there is contention, contention arises, he says there. And then he said there in the fourth verse, he says, therefore, the law is powerless. Talking about the Mosaic law there, talking about the word of God there, saying it has no power because essentially nothing is being done about the wicked ones there. Uh, the fourth verse, it continued on, said, and justice, it never goes forth. So again, what Habakkuk is, is questioning here is he's questioning whether the Lord is faithful to keep his word and he's questioning the idea of God's justice. Why is nothing being done uh, to the wicked ones? While again, he said there at the end of the fourth verse, it says uh, the wicked ones, they surround the righteous and we are living amongst this wickedness and, and nothing is being done about it. Now, if you continue on in that chapter, 
you'll see that God had an answer for Habakkuk there uh, with the questions that that Habakkuk uh, is raising there. Uh, the answer from God, uh, you will see that he essentially responded that he was uh, from the fifth verse uh, all the way down to the 11th verse there uh, within the first chapter. You see that God essentially responded that he sees the wickedness and that uh, he's actually raising up. He uh, like we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week that was spoken th- uh, through Micah, where where essentially the Lord was raising up the destruction of the devisers of iniquity uh, in that day. OK, and so the answers from God there uh, with what, what the Lord had responded with. And again, that if you want to read that for yourself, if you want to read the the Lord's reply to the questions that Habakkuk had there. You can read that again in the first chapter from the fifth verse uh, down through the 11th verse. We'll see that Habakkuk uh, wasn't necessarily happy with the Lord's response. I suppose you could say uh, as, as again, uh, Habakkuk, he had more questions. He, he had more questions for the Lord. Uh, If you take a look again from uh, the 12th verse down throughout the rest of the chapter there, uh, specifically, if you take a look at the 13th verse, uh, Habakkuk said, you are of pure eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he, uh, Habakkuk was of the belief that the Lord was not moving swiftly. God was taking his time when it came to dealing with uh, the wicked ones who were essentially persecuting the righteous ones, if you want to use that word persecute. Uh, but what they certainly were doing was obliterating. They were they were causing the suffering of the righteous ones, all because the righteous ones were living in a land uh, where they were living in the midst of wickedness. So Habakkuk, he, again, he had questions for God. Uh, and if you take a look uh, that's where our lesson actually opens up at in the second chapter. If you take a look at that first verse, you see Habakkuk say there in the first verse, he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he, the he there being God, he said, watch to see what God will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So Habakkuk, he had questions from God or for God, I should say. And our lesson essentially opens up with Habakkuk saying, I'm going to wait here. I'm going to wait here and and I'm watching. I'm going to wait to see uh, what the Lord has to say uh, in response to my questions. And and again, Habakkuk, I want you to understand. Yes, he was questioning whether the Lord truly was faithful and just. But uh, Habakkuk was was essentially saying, here I am. I'm, I'm going to wait for your correction. He said, and and again, he said, what I'll answer uh, when I am corrected. He knew that uh, God would would give a response to him. So he did have faith. Habakkuk did believe. And he even in his mind, I believe, knew that the questions he was asking of God, uh, he knew that uh, he wasn't really on the right track. Uh, So he wanted to hear the Lord's answer. Uh, he wanted to hear God's rebuke, and I believe that he would be accepting of the Lord's rebuke. He wanted to hear God correct him uh, in his thought. OK, and so something that we've actually been seeing for the past couple of weeks uh, in, in my sermons, 
are are questions, you know, asking God questions where again Job did that in, in, in the sermon that I preached a couple of Sundays ago, uh, where he questioned God. And if you know the book of Job, you know that uh, the Lord came to Job and he answered Job's questions uh in out of a, a mighty whirlwind. Okay. Uh he he had a response for Job. Uh in, in my sermon last week we, we took a look at Sarah who essentially was questioning whether the Lord again was faithful. Okay. Um, because she believed that God were, was withholding a blessing from her and she decided to try and take matters into her own hand. But again, there was no need for her to do that. There was no need for Abraham to join in uh, with her in doing that as God had already gave him a promise. And we find that uh, God had to come back to Abraham a couple more times to tell him to speak of that promise to to make uh, Abraham to let Abraham know that it was certainly going to happen. OK, and so uh, that's how the Lord responded then. So uh, I, I believe that, you know, there are a lot of people who look at uh, questioning God. They look at it the wrong way. Uh, they look at it as if it is a sin uh, to ask God questions. And I would tell you today that it is not a sin to ask God questions. If you have questions for the Lord, uh, you should ask those questions. Okay. Uh, that's something that Jesus told us to do. He told us to, to go search for the Lord, you, you know, ask, seek for him, knock on his door, uh, is, is what Jesus has said to us before. So we should not be afraid to ask God questions. Because you see, when 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 we ask questions, it shows a bit of humility there. It shows that we aren't being self-righteous. You see, the self-righteous one uh, would never ask God a question. They would just go about believing that they already know everything. Whereas the humble, uh, the one who does not know, by asking a question, they admit that they do not know. They admit that they need the Lord's help. And God does not have a problem. Uh, with with you asking him a question, God does not have a problem with you admitting uh, that you need help. Okay, that you need His help uh, in in trying to find clarity and in trying to find understanding. That's something that I preached about in my sermon last week. Okay, it is nothing wrong with with us seeking uh, His clarity and seeking His understanding. Now, something again that we do know. Okay, but before we even uh, go into the Lord's response here, okay, something that that we know is that God is faithful and just. Okay, but that again was what Habakkuk was questioning. He was essentially questioning whether the Lord was truly faithful and just. And again, we we have seen in Scripture, uh, time and time again, uh, where Scripture speaks of the Lord being both faithful and just. Uh, in his first epistle, John wrote uh, that the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If we confess them to him, uh, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if you go back to the book of Exodus, the 34th chapter of Exodus, when Moses desired to see the Lord and the Lord passed before him, allowing uh, Moses to see his back part, the Lord, he, he came before Moses and he testified of of who he is. And in the testimony, in the testifying of himself, the Lord, he, he would go on to say that he is faithful 
Uh, he would go on to say that he is just, uh, that he would forgive the transgressions, okay, uh, of those who would come before him, okay, and and would seek his mercy, okay, and that's again in the thirty fourth chapter of Exodus, and in the six and the seventh verse, where again you see God say that he is merciful, you see that God says that he is gracious. To those who who love him. Yet at the same time, the Lord, again, speaking of being faithful and just, said that he would visit the iniquity upon those who are wicked. He would visit their iniquities upon them. He said for generations and generations. So to question whether or not the Lord is truly faithful and just is to essentially question God's word. And so, again, don't don't think evil of Habakkuk here, because he's essentially doing what a lot of us do today as well. We again, we question why why God allows bad things to happen. And we'll say, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? When we ask that, we're essentially asking the same question that that Habakkuk is asked here. Okay, and so in the second chapter and you go from the second and the fifth verse, you see that the Lord has a response for Habakkuk. And something that I, I want to say about God's response before, again, we even dive into it here, is that we ought not think that the Lord's response is one that is harsh. A lot of times people are afraid of asking God questions because they believe that God is going to respond harshly to them. They they believe that God is not going to like uh, the questions that they have to ask him. But again, I would tell you that that's not the case. The God, the Lord is not going to, to be upset with the fact that you have questions for him. In fact, the Lord would want to answer your questions because again, the Lord wants you to have understanding. The Lord wants you to have clarity. And this is why I tell people all the time to, to go to God in prayer. That's why I referenced that hymn in my sermon last week about how we have a friend in Jesus and how we can take uh, our griefs and, and, and our sorrows, uh, how we can take those things to him, how uh, we can go to him about our trials and our tribulations. And again, how we can seek him and how we uh, should take all of these things to God in prayer. We should take our questions to the Lord in prayer so that God can give us clarity so that God uh, can give us understanding. We, ought not be afraid to do so thinking and believing that God is going to answer us harshly because he's not going to do that. What God is going to do is he's going to answer with certainty. You see, there's a difference between harshness and certainty. Okay. And that's, that's the, the difference being that uh, certainty it gives us clarity. Harshness would, would make us afraid of ever going back to him. Uh, but the Lord, again, he responds, he, he makes things plain and clear. And we'll see that here in the second verse where it says there in the second verse, it says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So again, the Lord is saying here to Habakkuk, I'm going to give you a response. I'm going to give you an answer to your questions. I want you to write these answers down because again, God knew that others would certainly be asking uh, the same questions that Habakkuk was uh, asking there. And so he wanted them to see the answer and he wanted Habakkuk to to write it down, make it plain, make it simple, because God himself was going to make uh, the answer plain and simple as well. Because again, 
The whole goal here is to give clarity, to give understanding uh, to those who may be questioning God out of uh, their faith. He says there in the third verse, as we continue on looking at the Lord's response there, he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The vision that God is speaking about there in the third verse is his judgment. This is what the Lord is speaking of there, because, again, that was what Habakkuk was essentially questioning. Right. Because, again, uh, in the first chapter, we saw him questioning why the wicked was allowed to be wicked and, and continue to to allow to be able to do the things that they would do that would bring harm. That was bringing harm upon the righteous ones. And again, we live in the midst of wickedness today and we see how the good ones, how, again, we are harmed by the wickedness of those that that live around us. And the Lord says there that their time is coming. This is going to happen at an appointed time. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. It may be years and years and years from now. But there is a time that is appointed. It is appointed by the Lord. The Lord knows the time. Okay. Uh, and, And again, God says there, I'm not lying about this. It says at the end, it will speak. I'm going to to keep my word. Okay, it will not lie is what the Lord said there in that third verse. It says, though it tarries, okay, this promise, uh, wait for it. You see, in this promise, okay, the promise uh, of the the promise of judgment, if you will, there is judgment for both the wicked and the righteous, right? You know, this is something that I've spoken about uh, a time or two. You could say. Uh, in the past, I've spoken about it quite a bit lately, that there is a judgment that is coming where the righteous will go before the judgment seat of Christ and the wicked, they will stand before the great white throne where the wicked will be judged and they will be cast away from God's presence for all of eternity. The righteous, they will see receive their reward from the Lord because they were faithful. So again, the Lord says there, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not tarry. You know, we think that it's going to take forever. Okay. But it is not going to take forever for it to come. And so we'll see here in the fourth verse. And in fact, uh, throughout the rest of this chapter, we'll see where the Lord, he begins to speak of the wicked ones. What makes one uh, wicked? He says, behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him. Speaking of the proud there says, but the just shall live by faith. See the just, we, the just is not proud. They're not prideful. Again, like I said moments ago, okay, the, the just, they are humble. It takes a humble person uh, to come before the Lord. It takes a humble person to, to ask God questions. Okay. But the proud, the proud, they again, they will continue about going about living in their way, believing that everything that they're doing is right. Uh, the proud, they are the self-righteous ones as that, that I've spoken of in, in recent weeks as well. Uh, they won't have questions for God. They won't even have questions for themselves. They'll just believe that all that they're doing is right. They'll believe that all that they're doing is good. The proud, that, that is what brought Satan down. That's what led to his fall. His pride. Pride led to his fall. Okay, he believed that uh, he, he he raised himself up above above the Lord and his righteousness, and he didn't see anything wrong about it. 
And so even though our Sunday school lesson this week, it skips again, it skips uh, from the sixth verse on down throughout the rest of our chapter. Uh, you'll see again where God spoke of the wicked ones there. The fifth verse, I haven't forgotten about that verse. Uh, we'll see the fifth verse says, Indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man, and he does not stay at home. Because he enlarges his desire as hell, and he is like death and cannot be satisfied, he gathers to himself all nations, and he heaps up for himself all people. The, the prideful are greedy. They're always seeking more and more power, more and more what they believe is power anyway. Okay. And again, he's speaking about the wickedness, the wicked ones there. And that's what the wicked ones were doing in that day when they were going out and coveting what others were having. They were trying to gain and gain and gain. They were trying to gain more wealth. They were trying to to gain more power, if you will. And so we'll see there. Uh, when we start at the sixth verse and when we work our way down throughout the rest of the chapter, that the Lord begins to lay woe on the wicked ones. He said, woe to him who increases what is not his. Woe. Okay. A, a level of woe there coming from God. He said there in the ninth verse, woe to him who covets evil gain for his house that he may set his nest on high. Woe. This is a, a warning shot from God where the Lord is saying, woe, danger is coming your way. And he's pointing out specifically uh, what is coming, who it is coming to. Okay. Uh, he said there in the 12th verse, woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed. Okay. There in the 15th verse, he says, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him uh, to your bottle. Again, the woe to those who are going out and, and committing these wicked actions who are causing harm to those who are good and who are then causing others to join them in their wickedness, he says there. Okay. And again, if you go down just a little bit more there in that same chapter, in the 19th verse, you will see that the Lord said there, woe to him who says to wood, awake, to silent stone arise, it shall teach. Okay. He said, behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in there is no breath at all. He's talking about uh, there in that woe, a warning shot to all of those who are going out and, and participating in idolatry, false worship, worshiping of, of idol gods. That's who that woe is laid against there. And these people, again, they're going out, uh, they're living in this wickedness and they are encouraging others to live in that wickedness as well. That is what we saw happen in the Northern Kingdom. The northern kingdom, people were prevented from even going down to the temple in Jerusalem because those who reigned in the northern kingdom, they did not want them going. They did not want them ever turning back to go down to the southern kingdom. So they built up these temples in the northern kingdom and they had their asteroids. They they had their idol gods there for the people to worship, saying this is the God that you worship. And they corrupted those in the northern kingdom. They corrupted them. They turned them into to being wicked and, and they were eventually conquered by the Assyrians with the Levites, uh, not standing for the wickedness of the Northern kingdom and returning back down to the Southern kingdom. But we find that the Southern kingdom were following essentially in the same footsteps of the Northern kingdom and the Lord was not pleased with it. And so we see these, these woes being laid against those who were wicked because God, again, like we saw in our Sunday school lesson, uh, last week with, with Micah, he had a plan for the divisors of iniquity. There was a plan 
that was going to come forth for them. And he's speaking of that to Habakkuk, a man who, again, was questioning why nothing was being done with the wicked ones, why the wicked ones were allowed to persist, why they were allowed to continue to bring harm to those uh, who were doing good. He said, Habakkuk said there uh, in the opening of the second chapter that he would wait for the Lord's response. He wait to see uh, what God had to say. And so God has responded here. He's given his response. His response is, you know, hey, I heard what you had to say. Don't worry. I am going to keep my word. This is what is going to happen. And it is going to happen for a certainty because I have said so is what the Lord responded there. And so, again, you know, we we get in time. We have times we have moments like I spoke of in my sermon last week where we get like Sarah and we begin to doubt the Lord. We begin to doubt that God is moving, but God is always on the go. God is always moving. He's always moving on our behalf and he's always moving according to his will as well. That's something that we're certainly going to ask questions about it, uh, but that's something that we should just simply trust and that's something that uh, we should believe. And that's something that uh, the Lord was essentially telling Habakkuk there. I heard your questions. I see the wickedness and I am going to move against the wickedness. And we know that uh, the Lord, we know that he moved against the wickedness. We know that, again, the southern kingdom, as I've been saying a lot in recent weeks, uh, we know that it was conquered by the Babylonians. And uh, we know that the people were taken away to Babylon. Uh, Some were taken away to Egypt and there was a small remnant. Uh, that was left there in the land of Jerusalem. So after hearing this from God, uh, we'll see there as our lesson now skips from the second chapter over to the third chapter and skips to the 17th down through the 19th verse. Uh, We'll see a hymn of faith from Habakkuk here. And we'll see there in the 17th verse where Habakkuk, he says there, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. He says there in the 18th verse, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So this is Habakkuk uh, rejoicing uh, that the Lord was going to keep his word. Uh, He's rejoicing here in his salvation, his deliverance, because, again, this was a man who was living in the midst of wickedness. And I don't don't want you to think for a second that uh, Habakkuk was happy about uh, what would come to his people, because I believe that uh, none of us, we want to see uh, people suffer. Right. We you know, we, we, we are upset when the wicked Uh, cause the righteous ones to suffer. But at the same time, uh, as children of God, we pray for the wicked ones, right? We we pray that, and I certainly know I do, I pray that uh, they turn from their wicked ways, that they repent, that they turn to God. I pray that hatred and anger and wrath be removed out of the hearts of the wicked ones and that love uh, can enter in so that they can learn a new way, so that they could go a new way. And I would tell you today that it absolutely sucks uh, to see people who are fully convicted and living in wickedness and fully convicted of 
of living uh, in their way of sin because I know what awaits sin, those who live in wickedness. I know that there is no good. Uh, there's no good reward that will come their way. And Habakkuk, he, he understood that as well. And he said, though these things may happen, essentially there in 17 verse, he's speaking about uh, what's going to come from uh, from those who live in wickedness, how essentially they will be cut off is what uh, Habakkuk is essentially speaking of there uh, in the 17th verse. It says, though these things happen, though the wicked will have to be judged, I'm going to rejoice is what Habakkuk says there. And again, I said as well here, it will suck that so many people, so many people that even I love as well, it's going to suck to see that they never turn to God. And because they never turn to God, uh, they are going to be cast from his presence for all of eternity. The The idea of that, I should say, it sucks. But in the day when we have been called uh, by Christ out of this world, we are going to rejoice because we will have been delivered from this world. Uh, this world of sin, this world of wickedness. We are going to rejoice. Uh, our thoughts of the past are going to pass away because we're going to be putting on that incorruptible. We're going to be holy and righteous. Uh, all of what you know we have stri uh, strove for while we live in this world, we are going to be that one day. And we're going to put these things, we're going to put these days behind us. And, and we're going to rejoice at our deliverance from this world. And that is what Habakkuk is saying there. The, you know, the thought of what's going to happen to his brothers and his sisters, you know, that that was weighing on his mind. And, and though that would happen, Habakkuk says, I'm going to rejoice because I'm going to be delivered from having to see uh, the wicked ones and what they are doing to the good ones. I don't have to see that anymore is essentially what Habakkuk is saying there. And because I don't have to see what uh, they are doing, the violence that they're doing, the harm that they are bringing upon those that are doing good because I don't have to see that anymore. I am going to rejoice. That's essentially what he said there in the 17th and 18th verse. And so we'll see him say there in the 19th verse, the closing of our lesson this week, he says, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels is what Habakkuk says there. And he says this of God because he sees, he understands, he has that clarity. Now he's heard directly from God that God is going to keep his word. And because God is going to keep his word, Habakkuk says, I am uplifted in my soul. Okay. He's been given that comfort, that same comfort uh, that you and I experience when we go to God in prayer. This is something that I said a couple of weeks ago, I believe where I said, I have never prayed a prayer where I felt down in my spirit after I prayed the prayer. Every time I have prayed to God, after that prayer is done, I feel comforted. I, I feel uh, peace in my soul is what I feel. I feel uplifted that I am able to continue to carry forward. Okay. And so again, what we have seen here in our Sunday school lesson this week is that you know, one had a question for God, one who was of faith. He he had a question for God. God responded. And and again, this one was questioning uh, whether the Lord was truly faithful and just. You know, there, there was some doubt there from Habakkuk. And again, I, I would tell you today that uh, when you doubt, certainly go to God 
with your questions. Don't go to anybody else. Go to God first. And God will lead you uh, to the proper answer. And it is going to be an answer uh, that brings forth clarity. It's going to bring forth understanding. And it's going to be an answer that is certain. And I tell you again, it's going to be an answer that comes directly from him. So don't ever be afraid to, to ask God questions. Okay. Uh, because the Lord is going to respond. He's going to give you an answer. He's going to give you the guidance that you need. But again, also what we see here in our Sunday school lesson this week is that even though it may take time for uh, the Lord, you know, again, this goes back to what I preached about last Sunday. It may take time for you to realize a blessing, but that blessing is going to come forward. God is faithful. God is just. He's going to keep his word. Okay. He's going to uphold his word. He's never going to fail you okay all right so that is our sunday school lesson for this week i certainly hope that you enjoyed this lesson and i hope that you will share this lesson with someone somewhere and again i hope that you'll come back for our sunday school lesson next week our sunday school lesson next week will be the last lesson for the unit for the month of this lesson yes there will be a fifth sunday sunday school lesson but the fifth sunday sunday school lesson starts us off into uh, the last lesson for the unit for the month of lessons for uh, this quarter. So again, I certainly hope that you'll come back for our Sunday school lessons next week. And again, as we prepare to move on, let us continue to continue to keep each other lifted up in prayer. You never know what anyone is going through. So let us continue to keep others uh, lifted up in our prayer. There again is much prayer needed in our world today. And let us continue about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves so until next time i'll continue to keep all of you lifted up in my prayers and i'll pray that the lord continues to keep and to bless all of you